Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. Riding solo tonight after the Bucks pick up another win over the Chicago Bulls. It was not the most pretty effort of the season or uh, the, the best performance overall from the Bucks, but they do get a 111-98 win over the Bulls. Ten straight wins over Chicago now, and uh, I know uh, probably... All of the Bucks fans that are listening to this get a fair bit of enjoyment out of the Bucks beating the Bulls. There were still a lot of Bulls fans in Fiserv Forum tonight. Nowhere near the amount of, of Bulls fans we've seen in years gone by when the Bucks would uh, lose a lot to those teams. So to, to now sweep the season series for the second straight year and uh, pick up that 10th win and, and silence uh, some of those, uh, those fans down there feels pretty good. And again... As is always the case against the Bulls, and me and Frank talk about this a lot, it always feels like the games are weird and they're strange games and the Bulls are kind of a scrappy team. Uh, they never really look like they're actually going to threaten the Bucks and win the game, but they hang around for much longer than they should. And the Bucks were able to withstand a, uh, a, a really, really just a sloppy performance. 15 turnovers in the first half. Uh, that ended up... Uh, at the end of the game, they tied a season high for 23 turnovers. That matched a, a game against Orlando earlier in the season. And uh, we're going to talk about that a, a little bit here. The other thing that was the, the big struggle for the Bucks on the night was the free throw shooting. Uh, 10 for 23 from the free throw line. That's 43.5%. And uh, according to my... Uh, uh, basketball reference search that I did during the fourth quarter when it was looking really bad, the Bucks were well and truly on track to have the worst free throw shooting night in franchise history in a game where they've had over 20 attempts. <laughs> it was it was really ugly. Fortunately, they got one uh, late, which uh, bumped them all the way up to the second worst uh, free throw night uh, with uh, in a game where there was more than 20 attempts. So uh, again, this is probably not going to surprise anyone. The main culprit at the free throw line was Giannis, just three for nine. From the charity stripe tonight, his struggles continue after I said to Frank last week, and I don't know whether this is my fault now, I said that the, the free throw percentage was on the rise. It was up to 70% in January there. Uh, not anymore. That's coming crashing down again. Uh, overall, the night for Giannis was fantastic. 28 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. We're going to talk about the, the 10th assist a little bit there later on because uh, we saw some, some really significant uh, post touches for him in a stretch during the fourth quarter, which helped the Bucks close out this game. Unfortunately, turnovers again a problem for him. He had eight turnovers, uh, eight uh, the other night against Brooklyn. So uh, that's certainly concerning. I, I mean, I think the Bucks in general were pretty sloppy tonight. Giannis wasn't uh, alone there, but uh, the the eight turnovers is big. And again, he had some trouble with offensive fouls. So again, we think back to that that Boston Celtics game where. Uh, the Celtics really were coming out and just flopping and, and, and any contact. We saw the same thing against Brooklyn. 
and the officials were fooled by that. And Giannis was called for a number of fouls. Tonight, again, uh, offensive fouls, a problem for him. But uh, nonetheless, another triple-double for Giannis. And uh, again, on a night where uh, he actually had to play over 30 minutes, which has been pretty strange for him. But 31 minutes for Giannis against the Bulls. And the other guy that just continues to be an absolute flamethrower for the Bucks, Chris Middleton, 24 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, 10 for 13 from the field, 3 for 4 from the three-point line. Uh, I said it in the last podcast, and I, I know uh, Frank and I are going to talk about this uh, this week as there's some some days off for the Bucks. We'll touch on the schedule a little bit as well because it's going to get a little bit funny here for Milwaukee in the coming days. But uh, Chris Middleton, I mean, he's an all-star. And he's playing the best basketball of his career. Without doubt, his efficiency is just through the roof. And again, the word I keep coming back to, he just looks comfortable. He looks really, really comfortable out on the court. Uh, Some of the other uh, numbers worth uh, noting in this one. Uh, Wes Matthews, I mean, it's nice. We we spoke that he got some some threes in garbage time against Brooklyn. He's been in a really, really rough stretch. Uh, He shoots pretty well tonight. Four for six from the field, three for five from the three-point line for 13 points. And the other guy that just continues to shoot the lights out of the ball in January are well over 50% now, nearing 60% from three uh, in the in the calendar year so far, 2020. Uh, Kyle Culver, 12 points, five for five from the field, two for two from three, four rebounds, a couple assists there as well. So Kyle Culver uh, just continues to to play at a high level off the bench. Worth noting, Pat Connaughton tonight was uh, uh, did not play, got the DMP. And there was no real explanation for that. I mean, we've seen this happen before with Pat and some of these these other wings. Uh, Bud likes to mix it up a little bit with those guys. Uh, certainly, Sterling Brown's been a guy that hasn't played a lot. He only played garbage time the last two minutes in this one. But uh, there was certainly no mention of any concerns uh, with Pat Connaughton there. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, uh, you know, if anything, it's a, it's a nice little break here now for Pat. Uh, as he uh, gets a few days off. And the Bucks are actually already on their plane, by the way, heading to Paris as I'm recording this at about 9.30 Central Time on Monday night. So, uh, yeah, they've got a few days off here uh, before they play the Hornets on Friday uh, in the middle of the afternoon. And, you know, these day games, we know it's uh, well-documented. Giannis likes to get uh, his nap in. He, he obviously didn't get that today. And the Bucks in general, a little bit sloppy in day games. I made the joke last week that the Bucks might want to put in a request to have no day games in the playoffs because it seems to be a problem for them. Uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, you know, what happens there and we'll wait and see what happens on Friday because it's another day game for the Bucks, which uh, nothing is really stopping this team from winning at the moment. But uh, you know, they, uh, they don't seem to fare too well uh, in, in these day games, which uh, is, you know, doesn't bode well if, if that comes to fruition later on. Uh, in the playoffs. The other note I do want to make uh, before we get to the first break here is uh, Robin Lopez did not play tonight. We know that he has been listed with uh, the, the the illness. That, uh, there's no real description of that, but the, that's what's been noted on the on the injury report. I asked Bud pregame whether he was going to play against the Bulls. He said no. I said, okay, what about Paris? This is a long flight. Uh, if he's feeling ill, they're going to you know, bunch up all these people in the cabin. We know... Uh, that uh, we've seen with sports teams, Pack has been one of them. So in this last week, the illness can really uh, run through a, a team. And uh, I know that a few of the staff members have been sick in the last week. I mean, this is a thing. There's a lot of people in the middle of winter here, lots of travel. Uh, these guys are spending, uh, guys and girls, spending a lot of time together. And um, 
even Zora. Zora missed the last game against Brooklyn. She was sick as well. So I, I, Bud ended up confirming, and he was sort of funny. He's like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to actually let this out. But, uh, yeah, he's not coming to Paris. So, yeah, Robin wasn't there tonight. We didn't get a chance to talk to him. Unfortunately, obviously, the question you wanted to ask was uh, – uh, no Disney. Yeah, how is how is he going to feel about that? Uh, so, uh, Robin Lopez having the next week off. He's going to stay uh, here. He's not going to Paris. And uh, the next Bucks game after that is next Tuesday against Washington. So, uh, a lot of time for Robin to recover. And we did confirm uh, with with a member of the Bucks staff after the game that there's there's nothing else going on. It's purely an illness for Robin. So, a guy that's been such a solid player off the bench for the Bucks. Um, just going to recover and, and hopefully be uh, in a healthy spot uh, for when the team comes back uh, after this, uh, this trip to Paris. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is the most important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on MBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. All right, so now I want to jump into something that I am going to try and continue to implement on the podcast as as we roll through the season. Now that I'm back in Milwaukee, uh, obviously this becomes a, a lot easier to do. So I want to start getting some of the players on the podcast. And uh, whether that's at practice, whether that's uh, one-on-one interviews in, in the locker room after the game, I'm going to try and uh, bring this in more because I think this is something that, that you know, for the listeners, this is great. You get to... Um, get some exclusive sort of uh, audio from talking to the guys. So uh, tonight after the game, I, I did manage to speak. And, and look, they were in a rush. They did have a plane to catch. I'm certainly hoping moving forward that it's going to be a, a lot longer than this. But this is just a little snippet, a little tester, I'll say, of what I hope to, to bring to the podcast over the next uh, couple of weeks, couple of months, um, now that I am back here and, and able to, to cover the team uh, the way I want to. And so tonight I spoke to Dragon Bender, who these last three games has been getting significant minutes. Obviously, that uh, coincides with, with Robin Lopez not playing. Uh, Bender tonight, 14 minutes, uh, two for two from the field. Both dunks, uh, they were one for two from the free throw line. He finished with five points. He had three rebounds, two assists, uh, and a block shot as well for Dragon. So, look, nothing, nothing spectacular, but... I think as far as what you're hoping to get uh, from your backup center with a guy like Robin out, I think we've seen some positive things from Dragon in terms of uh, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And I think defensively, this is a guy that uh, has been a rim protector in the past. Uh, As Frank sort of pointed to in the last uh, episode, he was a little foul happy in the preseason. And uh, I think that we've seen that settle down uh, again tonight. 
uh, he did he did a good job of not failing a lot of times. Did pick up the three fouls in the, in the twenty minutes. Uh, it was interesting. There was one play there early in the game where he caught the ball on the perimeter at the top, and he went for a, a sort of a little fake, put the ball on the floor. Uh, this is something that he's done a little bit with the herd, and and certainly the the level up is it's probably not a move you're going to want to see a lot from him. He's not a guy that you want putting the ball on the floor, trying to make things happen himself offensively. He's going to be a clean up guy. He's going to be a catch and shoot guy from the uh, from the from the three point line. And he's going to be a guy that can catch you a lot, but he's, he's athletic enough. He can, th- he can throw down a dunk. So that didn't plan out for him. That uh, translated into a turnover. And it was interesting. They did a similar thing uh, against Boston last week where he put the ball on the floor, went to the rack, and didn't quite finish. So that's twice we've seen him do that with not uh, great results. But uh, I thought the impressive thing for him uh, tonight was he found himself in the dunker spot a couple of times, got open dunks, was able to finish, on, uh, on, on nice passes down low. And then, that, again, that's what you're going to want from him. You're not asking a lot. You're asking for simple play. Uh, and, and, you know, realistically, when Robin Lopez comes back next week, the minutes are probably going to be gone. That's, uh, you know, that's the reality of, of what, what, what is going to happen here. But uh, I did catch up with him after the game. We spoke about uh, the opportunities that he has got, how he's been able to stay ready. The, the link between the G League team and the Bucks franchise, they really integrated things together. This has been something that Mike Budenholzer has brought in uh, since he first came. And it's certainly been a step up uh, from when Jason Kidd was here. Uh, the the Herder having a fantastic season. Bender's played at a really, really high level down there when he's been there. So uh, we spoke about that. Um, we also just spoke about his own contract situation. We know that that was just guaranteed. And then we touched off in, in Paris. It's not quite home for Bender, but it is close enough. So uh, just a few minutes here. Uh, with Dragon post game against the Bulls, as I said, he finished five points, three rebounds in 20 minutes. Uh, let's get into it. Just for you at first, I guess these last couple of games, you've uh, you've got a good opportunity to to get minutes with this team, which hasn't been there with Robin out. So, uh, how have you seen these last couple of games for you? Uh, it's been great to be out there, you know, to play with the guys. Uh, you know, the same system like I'm used to playing in the G League, and that's the great thing about this. It's easy transition. So me coming in here and uh, you know stepping up and playing, it's pretty much the same thing I've been doing down there. Uh, you know, stepping in the court, doing my role, and then whatever counts in offense comes. The G League itself, I think, is it feels like over the last year the the sort of the thought around going down to the G League playing there has changed, and now it's a positive thing. How have you found that going down there and still being able to play rather than usually you just be stuck on the bench? It's great. Uh, uh, the system they have here is great, you know. So me not playing, just going down there, getting some minutes, staying ready, you know, for our opportunities like this. It's it's a huge for me as a young guy. Uh, it's been working so far, and just looking forward to opportunities. What is the communication like with uh, obviously the coaching staff down there? But even when you're down there playing, how often are you talking to Bud and these the assistant coaches coaches up here? Because I know uh, ever since you walked in, Bud straight away said, "Well, we want these these two teams to be aligned and be doing the same thing." Yeah, uh, it's definitely a lot of communication going back and forth. You know, uh, G League and, and and the main team here, uh, definitely between coaches, between players, uh, just you know exchanging things, exchanging thoughts, and you know watching a lot of videos, you know pointing out mistakes, pointing out good things, and just you know building that that, that good habits in the court. So it's transition when you come back here. Uh, for this team, though, defensively, obviously rim protection is a big uh, part of what you guys are trying to do. You've always been a shot blocker. How are you finding this scheme, and what are you learning from guys like Giannis? 
so so dominant down there defensively. It's a, it's, a, it's definitely a lot of things that you can learn from those two guys. Uh, they they became a lead in this league and then doing you know protection of the rim, uh, rebounding the ball. So it's definitely a lot of things that you can learn. It's a great system for me as a big guy, I mean, just to be back and try to you know protect the rim, uh, and then box out or whatever. So it's definitely a, a good thing for me. And uh, I know your contract just recently was sort of guaranteed for the rest of the season. How was that? Is that sort of time before that uh, sort of a stressful time for you? Are you talking to them? Did you know that was going to happen? Like, what's that? What was that process like for you leading up to that? Uh, as a, I feel as a professional athlete, and me personally, I don't really think about that. You know, just go day by day. If it happens, if it doesn't happen, you know, you just got to go go with it uh, and you know keep going. But obviously, it happened. It's a great thing. Uh, this this is a place that I wanted to be. That I wanted to stay. It's a great group of guys. Great, you know, great organization. And, uh, you know, for, from the first day that I came here, it's been great for me. So definitely something that I wanted to. Yeah, I think something that always gets overlooked with you is the fact you're only 22. <laughs> and it runs like top five draft people. You're still only 22 years mm-hmm. old. How has this change been for you, obviously coming from Phoenix and now being in this situation where the team's winning? Uh, is, has this been sort of the change that you felt you needed? Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, already won more games in the last three years in like, Phoenix. I'd say it's a great change for me. It's a great, uh, like I said, a great organization and a great environment. I feel like all the guys here are positive. You know, you obviously have uh, uh, all-stars, you know, ex-all-stars and great, you know, great players in this league. And all those guys are humble. You know, they behave. They behave and hold themselves, you know, so humble that you don't really, you know, feel it that they're, you know, that, that, that superstars in the league. So it's, it's a great environment for a young guy to be here and to learn from all these guys, you know, that have been through the league, like Kyle, you know, 17 years, Wes and George, you know, all those guys. Just last one, Paris now. Uh, is this the trip that you think everyone's looking forward to, getting together, spending a few days together? And for you, it's not quite home, but it is close to the home. Are you going to have family, friends there? What's, what's Yeah, what's definitely going to have uh, definitely going to have a lot of fun times there. Um, you know, have some family coming in, have some friends coming in. So it's definitely good to catch up, but obviously, you know, got some got some team stuff planned, you know, so it's definitely going to be a good good thing for us, you know, to go out there and enjoy, enjoy Paris as a city, enjoy, you know, being in the national level and just playing the game. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Bucks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Milwaukee Bucks fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Locked On Bucks fans, if your company wants to connect with Milwaukee Bucks fans that are well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to double three triple seven, or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get the team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you guys. All right, so one of the interesting things to take from tonight's game, and listen, (laughs) I spoke about the turnovers, I spoke about the free throw struggles. Tonight, I I commented on, on, on Twitter, but to me, it felt like, uh, or, or the or the joke I made or the analogy I made was that uh, this was like the Bucks on their last shift before they go on an overseas holiday. And sure, they're going over there to play a game. They're going to Paris. All the players were very excited uh, talking about uh, getting to Paris, spending time together, doing some of the sightseeing they're going to be able to do over there. 
and and most importantly recover. And I, I think it's overlooked now. The Bucks are thirty nine and six, as I said. So they played forty five games. Uh, some of these teams aren't even at the forty one game mark yet. So the Bucks have played a whole bunch of games more than other teams around the league. And that has come about because of the fact that they play one game now. It's Monday night. They don't. They play one game now between uh, tonight and and next Tuesday, where they'll be back at home. But then they don't play again till Friday. So just two games in the space of about uh, 10, 11, 12 days there for the Bucks. So that's not something that's normal in the NBA schedule, and they have to make that up somehow. So. Uh, it's been a grind for the Bucs. And remember the, the road-heavy schedule at the start of the season? That was something Bud pointed to. And he said there's been times where this team has just felt that they're playing every other day and they haven't had time to recover. They haven't had time uh, to get practice in. And, and it, there's been a lot more recovery than there normally would be to get these guys healthy and get them uh, back on the floor to play again. So um, t- for this game, it, it felt like this is like a break point for the team after such a long run, it's almost essentially like another little mini all-star break, which again, they're going to have in just a month's time. So if, if you believe in trap games or trap games is something you want to talk about, then this was definitely the definition of one. This was, this was going to be a, a tough one for the Bucks to just have to grind through and pick up the win. And they did that. And uh, the, yeah, like I said, they did, it did feel like this was like the last game before they get to go on a little fun uh, adventure here and, and their minds might have been elsewhere. And Chris Middleton after the game hinted as much when he was asked about, uh, you know, why they came out that way. And he's like, well, you guys saw it. And he goes, we need to sharpen up after halftime. Uh, they still had eight turnovers in the second half. But the, for the most part, they did uh, pick things up a little bit there. But the thing that's worth talking about, Giannis, four possessions almost in a row. I think there was one possession in between this that, that split this up. But we're talking in, in the fourth quarter here where the Bucks have a comfortable lead, but they're just looking to put the Bulls away. Uh, Giannis backs down his man, shoots a little turnaround uh, jumper from just, just in front of the, uh, the free throw line there. Nothing but net. Next play, backs his guy down, steps into the middle, little, little hook shot. We speak about that a lot. That's what you love to see, that hook shot. That should be a high percentage shot for him. Uh, we always comment on the fact that the touch isn't quite there around the basket for him yet, but uh, that is just a money shot for him. And a really high percentage. It should be a really high percentage because it's so tough to guard. He's so long. He's so tall. Uh, that There's not many guys that are simply going to be able to contest that. So that was good to see. Next possession down. He comes down. Same thing again. Backs the guy down. Turn around to the middle. Knocks it down, nothing but net. And you're like, okay, we're really starting to see something here now from Giannis. We know that this has been a shot that he sort of uh, maybe liked a little more than he should in the past. I want to get to some, some of the conversation I had on Twitter with um, some of the listeners. Or I, well, I, I'm assuming they're listeners, but, but Bucks uh, fans on Twitter about the, the, the turnaround um, jump shot for Giannis. But before I do, the last play, which is the one where he ended up uh, picking up the triple-double. He backs the guy down again. He turns to go to the Dirk fade while in midair. Uh, DiVincenzo uh, sort of ducks to the hoop. Giannis is able to adjust and make a, just a terrific pass into DiVincenzo for the, for the easy layup. And that was his 10th assist for the night. And then he very quickly checked out. But uh, this is potentially a weapon. And, and the, the conversation on Twitter a couple of days ago was uh, our our 
uh, good friend, Justin Superbuck. You may have seen him in the background of uh, the Golden State Warriors uh, game last week, uh, sipping on a drink. I'm not sure whether we discovered whether that was, uh, was it salty or sour? I'm not sure. I think Justin made a great video on that and you might want to check that out. But Justin posted a photo of Giannis taking and I will say there's one different thing here there was a, there was a shot he took against the Brooklyn Nets it wasn't a turnaround it was more like a step back uh that he knocked down in the fourth quarter in a, again a, a sort of interesting moment in the game where the Bucks were looking to close that one out uh and and I sort of said that that shot is unnecessary I will say that I did mean it was unnecessary as in the the turnaround and I want to go into that a little bit more and the reason why I said that because do I think that this is a shot that Giannis can turn into a, a real weapon? Obviously, it definitely can. And it's interesting when you look at the numbers uh, on NBA.com uh, that I've got up in front of me here, uh, turnaround fadeaway shot this season, Giannis is now 11 for 20 from the field, 55%, uh, which needless to say... <laughs> Pretty good number. Step back, jump shot. He's now six for 12. Obviously, 50% from the field, that is, for the, for the maths whiz out there. So that means he's 17 for 32 on turnaround fadeaways and step backs. That's a really good number. Now, I've always said that I didn't particularly like Giannis shooting the turnaround in the post, uh, mostly because I just didn't think that it was really necessary shot for him to take because... Uh, you look at him and, and the way people defend him for the most part, uh, I look at that step-back shot against Brooklyn, I'm like, that's not a bad shot for him. He can get that. He's, he's, his steps are so big that he can, uh, he can do that. He can sort of, if he's in the post, he can sort of face up, turn around, take a step back, and he can knock that down. Uh, the other simple fact is that he can just walk into a mid-range jump shot anytime he wants because most of the time uh, the defenders are backing up. They're not wanting to actually defend him and they're happy for him to take those, those types of shots. So uh, that's always been my theory. It's not that that shot can't be a weapon for him. I think we saw tonight that it can. And particularly on that, in that, that, real, that short mid-range, I don't like it when he's fading away out near the three-point line from the, from the baseline. That, to me, seems like a, a really, again, the word is unnecessary, an unnecessary, unnecessary shot for him to take. Those ones where he gets to the middle, the short uh, mid-range shots, I... I don't think that's bad, and it's clearly a shot that he's going to get wide open. Uh, the closer to the basket, the better I feel about it. But I just wanted to read those numbers out because that's the proof right there uh, that, that they, this shot is becoming something that he's feeling really comfortable in. And, and also just clarify what I meant when I said it was unnecessary. I, I, again, I think that he can get easier shots than a turnaround in the post. But having said that, this is Giannis we're talking about. Now, I'm not going to sit here and doubt him that he's going to, not going to turn this into a weapon because everything bar free throws that he's tried to be good at, he's been good at. And, uh, you know, the three-point shot, while it's still a work in progress, I, I don't think anyone would have believed that he would be uh, where he is right now, shooting the, the volume of threes that he's shooting with the confidence that he's shooting them on every single night. And he can have a really bad night and then bounce back the next night and shoot really well. He was one for five from three uh, tonight in this game. But... It's something to watch. And I asked Bud uh, about that stretch for Giannis uh, in, the, in the fourth quarter there tonight because uh, this is something we've seen a lot with, with the Bucs. They're trying different things on offense. And 
uh, at times, you know, Bud certainly gets his criticisms for not making adjustments, not trying different things. Uh, this has been an easy one. Yeah, the, the, the players are the same, the names are the same, but they're doing different things. And when I asked uh, Bud about this after the game, he said, uh, I think between he, Chris and Brooke, uh, we've tried to be a little more diversified uh, with more post-ups sprinkled into our offense. Offense. Uh, Giannis is getting more comfortable. I think all of those guys are. I think it's been good for us offensively. And look, uh, that makes a lot of sense because uh, Chris Middleton, I talk again about how comfortable he looks out there. He's shooting the threes. He's still shooting them at a high volume, obviously shooting them at a high percentage, but uh, he's getting into the mid-range. He's dribbling uh, it, uh, getting into the perimeter, backing guys down. We know he loves a mismatch uh, as, as much as anyone uh, in the league when he gets them there. And he's just really comfortable. And that has come from him, uh, the, the leash loosening on him and by allowing him to do things uh, that uh, are going to be more efficient for this offense and be able to uh, put more points on the board uh, for the Bucks. So it was, it was nice to hear Bud talk about that and use that word uh, diversified or diversification in, in relation to the offense. Because at times we've seen this Bucks team get uh, a little bit stagnant. And, uh, and and that's, again, it's just a nice addition uh, for this team to be able to just allow guys to, to work on their games and, and continue to add uh, things and add weapons uh, while they're just being so dominant. So, as I said, the Bucks did pick up another double-digit win. I already pointed to all the negatives they had tonight. But ultimately, uh, they keep another team below 100 points. The Chicago Bulls just 37% from the field, 29.2% from three. Uh, They only scored 38 points in the paint on the night, which is a great number. The Bucs had 60, uh, just for the idea of the dominance in there. And and now we look at the standings. And as I said, this feels like a break in the season uh, because of of the time off the Bucs are going to have. They're 39 and 6. Eight games clear of the Miami Heat. It's just absurd. And then the Raptors in third, nine games back. Boston, who had a big win over the Lakers tonight, nine and a half games back. And then uh, the Pacers and Sixers are ten games back. So I am going to leave it there for now. I've rambled on by myself for long enough. Frank is going to be back tomorrow. Like I said, we're going to have some interesting topics to talk about. We're going to have some fun. We did just do a mailbag, but if there's any particular topic that you want us to talk about in general, I know I did get a tweet tonight or Locked on Bucks got a tweet tonight about Wes Matthews. Um, Certainly when Frank's back, we can go back and forth a little bit on his role and what it actually means uh, to this team, particularly in relation to defense. I think it was a good point made uh, by the listener there. I don't have the tweet up, so apologies. I I can't shout you out there. But yeah, Frank's going to be back tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be able to... Uh, I think we're going to talk All-Stars as well. We're getting really close to the point here where, well, in fact, All-Star voting closes in just a couple of hours here uh, as I'm talking. So uh, we're getting close to the time here where the, the All-Stars get announced. Chris Middleton, very unlikely that he's going to be a starter, but very much so looking like a two-time All-Star the way he is playing. So as I said, the Bucks 39-6 and six on the season. They beat the Bulls. They're in mid-flight right now to Paris. Charlotte on tap over there. It's going to be a fun week. They're going to have fun. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Bender. Make sure you let me know if you think that's something worthwhile adding to the podcast. But for Kane Pittman and Frank Madden, who's not here tonight, we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.